Hello and welcome to another episode of Novel Not New, a true end podcast. It's a monthly podcast where we pick a visual novel and discuss it like a book club. I'm Jennifer Uncle, and joining me as always, uh, M. Hi, hello. And Six. Fresh out of the darkest streets in Miami. So yeah, uh, this time we decided that uh, we would take a bit of a break from the dark castle that we just spent time in with... Uh... Why am I blanking out the name of the last game that we did? Long Live the Queen. And... Um... Yeah, we decided to party in the city where the heat is on all night on the beach till the break of dawn and <laughs> go to Ghosts of Miami. Hell yeah. Embenidas a Miami? Is that my line? Yeah, that's that's pretty close. Yeah, this was um, written and produced by Joe Fu uh, from Pillow Fight and uh, the same company that uh, was part of the team that made uh we know the devil and a few other things and uh you basically play consuelo martinez um otherwise known as cello a 23 year old who is a missing persons investigator she kind of works from the second floor of a bodega and uh most of her cases involve very personal local people that she's Either she's either already longtime friends with or she runs in circles with, while she's also trying to build up her skills to find her missing father. So, uh, what did everyone think of Ghost of Miami? I started out really positive on the game. Um, I think it makes a really strong first impression. The art style is really, like, there's a lot of, like, color and splash to it, and I really like the way characters are drawn. Um, the music's good. Um, and I liked the tone of the game. Um... But as I went through it, um, there were certain, like, first off, there were certain just, like, gameplay mechanical things that started to irritate me. Um, and then some of the writing started to... There were characters that I was forced to interact with that I really didn't enjoy. Um, and so I, I, like, I end... I still like the game, but I'm not nearly as positive as I was on it around, like, sort of, like, the early middle of, of the game. Uh, I think I'm generally pretty positive on this game all around. Uh, I like mystery investigation games, especially ones that, like, give you the clues and then ask you to make the leaps to put it together. Like, it's not Phoenix Wright, and I really appreciate that. Um, uh, as Six said, the aesthetic of, like, pastel mid-80s sun-drenched Miami is really good. Everyone's designs are really on point and stuff. Um... I was surprised that this game just, like, leaned into being about the things it's about and didn't shy away from, like, messiness with drug cartels and human trafficking and murder in, um, I was some, for some reason just expecting it to be, like, a nicer sort of game. Uh, like, the first case is serious, but it is a different kind of serious than where you were at by the end of this game. Uh, and uh i was taken aback by that but not in a bad way i was i think i'm generally pretty positive on it uh i think we'll talk more about its like mechanical systems i think the uh ways in which roots uh spool out is maybe poorly considered uh especially since given the romantic interests i feel like some of them are really bad and you would never actually want to choose those people <laughs> uh, but we'll talk about that yeah totally like the way that you said you said it wasn't like Phoenix Wright, and totally the Phoenix Wright. If you got something wrong, you would lose a bit of health and be like, "No, no, try again." In this one, it'll just let you run off with your bad idea, and a few minutes later, go. You know, you were totally off there, right? And you just have to live with the fact that you totally screwed up this case, unless you want to restart the whole thing. And mm-hmm. it adds an interesting amount of. It expects you to pay attention to what's happening, and I really appreciate that. The one thing I will say is because, like, every every case you take is a missing persons case. Um, and that made me, like, the, the save system is structured in a way where, like, it automatically saves when you stop playing or go back to the menu um, right where you were, and you can't make extra save slots or anything 
Um, and it makes it kind of hard. Like, if you make a choice and you're like, oh, wait, no, that wasn't how I wanted that to play out or something, it's hard to roll it back. Um, it's kind of a pain in the butt. Um, and I respect that they want you to stick to your choices. I would have an easier time doing that if it weren't for the fact that every case was a missing persons case, because it means, like, every time you, like, you're like, oh, wait, I made a mistake. It's like, okay, well, then this person is going to die instead of not dying, probably. And so it made it really hard for me to want to continue when it's like, oh, I screwed up. Probably the little boy I'm trying to find is going to be dead. It's like, well, then I'm not going to keep going. I'm going to restart the case and try and fix it. Yeah, and it's all, especially in some of the later cases, it's not entirely clear in communicating when you've screwed up and you need to start over. Like, um, there's a specific point in case four where if you decided to follow the truck in a slightly different way, you get the exact same scene playing off, playing out, except in a pivotal moment, the line just ends and it goes to credits, and it doesn't really tell you that there's more, or that you messed up somehow. So you kind of have to infer, oh no, wait, people are talking about this fifth case that I do not have in my inventory, and I need to go back and mess around with a few options to try and figure out what it will like in order to let me advance. Which... Mm -hmm. Like, I appreciate how... I appreciate on some level that they don't give you much feedback for that sort of thing, because I often feel like these sorts of games typically over-explain what impact you're having on other characters. And it's kind of neat just to infer from context, like oh, I probably should have handled this situation better without it, a flashing notification that says X will remember this. But also when there's only a very specific constrained route that you have to follow in order to advance, a little bit of notification would be nice or just some sort of symbol that shows, yeah, there's more to this if you think, if you approach it from a different angle. I think the game would be well served by having the Steam achievements in some way rolled into, like, I, I think, uh, M, you played it on Steam, right? Yeah, yes, I did. Uh, so Jen and I played non-Steam versions, mm -hmm. and it doesn't have any achievement system or anything. Like, um, we talked about, like, oh, there's a Case 5, and you were like, oh, yeah, I know, I checked the achievements. There's no indication, if you have a non-Steam version, that there, how many cases there are. There's no indication of, like, what endings there are. There's no indication of kind of any of that. Uh, so the thing with that was I was looking for just a general, like, walkthrough, just kind of get the shape of what the game was. This is what I typically do. Like, see how many routes are and everything. There's no walkthroughs to this game uh, or anything. Like, there doesn't even really seem to be, like, reliable long plays on YouTube. Uh, might as well not exist, uh, which is strange. Um, and so all I found was, like, an achievement list that, like, gave you hints on how to get all the achievements on Steam because that's the thing that anyone will write for any game, uh, which pointed out... Like, there's five cases, gave you some ideas of, like, these are places you should go because you have to visit every location to get the achievements and gather every clue in your notebook. Stuff that no one would actually do uh, because it required multiple playthroughs of stuff. But um, it was there. It was the closest thing to a walkthrough that exists for this game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I ended up using something very similar when it felt like I was missing something because I hadn't unlocked... Uh, Lucia Richards endings yet and it didn't seem like there was a way to do so but then finding out oh yeah that's pushed back to the fifth case that made things click a bit I see yeah I only got I only got one ending um I think you did too right Em uh no I only well I got the I got an ending with Tala and I got the like rejection that gets you into case five but then got locked out because I didn't have the other stuff I see Okay. Which I guess is its own ending, but not really. Yeah, I got I, I got locked out of, of Case 5 as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the way that stuff works is you have to initially go through one of the endings with um, Ethan, Tala, or um, Janet, where you essentially reject your... It's really weird because with Ethan's, you're not even exactly rejecting your detective stuff. Ethan has a respect for the work that you're doing, and he's just like, just take it a bit easier, okay? And take some time to recover. And um, you have to get either that ending or the 
outright rejection of what you're currently doing with uh, either Tala or Janet. And from there, you get a little notification saying Richard and Lucy unlocked. And once you've done that, then you can see, you can start building together the entirety of Case 5. So it's it's a game that makes you go in a slightly... Well, I wouldn't call it wrong, because most of these endings aren't bad, per se. Most of them are pretty positive overall. Like, I think the overall message of this game is... Um, it's important to have something that you're striving for, but it's also important to step back and know when you've gone too far. Like... I guess we're kind of jumping around with the plot and everything like that, but uh case three's climactic moment is you getting shot in the back with a shotgun and landing in a hospital. And a lot of the people around you rightfully go, hey, maybe we should just take it a bit easier so you're not facing down serial killers and getting shot with lethal weapons. And the game either has you go... Yeah, you're right. I should probably just... I should probably take it easy for a bit. Or, fuck that, I'm going to see this through to the end. Uh, Yeah, I think it's pretty clear that uh, seeing it through to the end is maybe the wrong choice here for being a functioning person. But the right choice if you want all the answers as a cop. Because, like, so much of this game is about whether or not you want to, like, lean into, like, being part of this community. Or whether or not you want to focus on being the person who can get stuff done and those two things are basically seen as incompatible yeah that actually goes in really well with how the the true quote-unquote true ending works so bit of a background on the two characters that are involved with it luciana lucy escobar is related to the famous escobar drug dealing family and uh she runs this club. You're, you've been childhood friends. She's looked after you in several different ways. But while also kind of keeping you at arm's length from the dirtier parts of her business. Then there's uh, Richard, this 50-something older man who runs this... Uh, who has this business by the docks that's more or less the same as Lucy's. And uh, they're just on opposite ends of the... They're not opposite ends, they're more like opposite ends of the community, and uh, if you bring Richard to Lucy's club for a date, because there's a point in the game where you can bring any of the characters to a date at that club, uh, they're instantly at each other's throats like, fuck you, you're not supposed to be here, what are you doing here? I thought we had an agreement. And you kind of start to infer, okay, these... Since your father was went missing around the same time that a gigantic shootout near the docks happened many years ago, you start to figure out, okay, the two of them know more than they're letting on in terms of your father. So the proper ending, once you've seen both of their individual endings played out, is you bring them together to the docks and more or less guilt them into confessing. Turns out that Lucy knew all along that your that her father had um, killed your father, and Richard had known all along that he was employing your father. And it's at that point that you lift your shirt and reveal that you were wearing a wire, and the police come in and arrest them both. And you have to watch as your childhood friend and this older man that you were kind of flirting with get taken away uh i feel okay about richard being taken away i feel less yeah. good about lucy getting arrested <laughs> yeah you're 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 really bummed out about lucy getting arrested you even go even talk to one of your other friends who appears a few times uh, georgia on the phone and um she kind of is like yeah the situation kind of stinks but you ultimately did what you thought was best, so there's not much more we can say about that. And it's kind of left... It's it's kind of supposed to be a morose, sort of sad ending. Like, you, get the, you got the answers that you wanted, and you extracted revenge in your way, but you also threw away this long-term relationship with this person that you really liked, and... You feel guilty for doing what you did, essentially. 
because this is something that happened years ago, and if Lucy just didn't tell you because, well, simultaneously she was too afraid to, and also she didn't want to hurt you. So it's kind of you immediately spinning around and going, well, I've just ratted you out to the cops, so there you go. Uh, I feel like so much of this game's plot is you, like, going into this community that is, you know, on the margins. There's, like, queer people, people of color, people in situations where they turn to drugs or deal drugs or whatever. And reassuring them over and over again, you are not going to work with the cops. So the fact that this true end it has you working with the cops, uh, I'm glad I didn't see it. Because I would have been really bummed out. I feel like this is a real negative downer end. Yeah. Yeah. Like, when you talk with... um Big Vanessa and uh, Janet Lessing at uh, the Cannery, which is this uh, drag club. You, They make points multiple times about how the cops freaking hate um, the queer community. And especially in the Miami area around this time, there's all sorts of stories going back about how shitty the cops were to gay people. Like, incredibly shitty. And... Yeah, through multiple situations, you have to reassure them. Yeah, I'm. I care about community more than police work, and I maybe in a way that maybe in a way that last ending isn't quite a true ending, at least in the traditional way that we see it, because it kind of ends on a darker note than all of the other ones, and also. The other endings aren't exactly portrayed as a bad thing to attain, like giving up giving up the whole needling of a community that's already under lots of stress. Like there's moments where the cops are basically running through the bodega and making everyone's lives worse. All because in this case, certain white girls started being abducted too during the whole doll collector. Um during the doll collector case. So there's the sense that the cops never really cared about the people that you see every day until the stakes were raised and it happened to move into an affluent white neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah, I will say like for a lot of, for a lot of ways in this game, Richard feels as a character, kind of like the odd man out. Because I feel like you, and and in a way that I guess is useful, but like you're dealing with people who are who are marginalized, who have like who are in a lot of compromised positions. You're dealing with a lot of minorities, and then you're dealing with Richard, who is this like late fifties white guy who probably sleeps next to like his tube of touch of gray and too much cologne. This super seducer motherfucker <laughs> who's just a creep and a half. I just cannot stand Richard. I mean, I don't think you're supposed to like him. He just represents, he represents the way out. And like, even Cello, who, uh, knows that he is bad news, can't help but like be interested at least a little bit in the idea of you can just get out of here. You don't have to hustle for rent anymore. This guy just has everything and he will have everything no matter what happens to him in life. Uh, and I like I think that's a powerful thing, despite him being like the hugest creep in Creepville, because he is absolutely that. But that doesn't mean that his power doesn't like also appeal to people, right? Yeah, yeah, and it definitely leads and in, leans into that um, appealing nature too in some of the content as well. Like, there's a point where, in order to make up for him knowingly walking into a situation with your longtime friend, where both of them already know that they hate each other, but I, he already knew that something was going to happen when he walked in, so going along with the date was a dick move on his part. In order to make it up, he invites you to a spa day the next morning, and also with his within his ending, you take a plane, you you accept his plane ticket and go on worldly adventures with him. So there's this. There is this sort of sense of fantasy like there is with some of the other characters like uh, Janet Lessing or even Lucy at some points where the idea of being swept off your feet by this older man who has many secrets behind his, behind his long life. They kind of play a little bit with that to a degree that sometimes feels a bit uncomfortable, but at the same time, I get it. I've I've seen people who read these sorts of 
romantic novels with the exact same premise. So I feel like they could have leaned a little bit harder into him being a complete dickhead, but I do understand where his portrayal comes from also. Yeah, I don't know. I, I got such I got such hard creep head vibes from him that it was like when I so I got to the I got the, to the point where I was blocked in case five and couldn't proceed. And I was like, huh, well, obviously they want me to do something and they're not going to tell me what it is. So I guess I have to look at the Internet um, to find out how to keep playing this game. Um, and I found some, you know, discussion on the forums and they're like, oh, yeah, you have to, you know, you have to raise your your relationship with Richard and with Lucy. And I was like, if it was one or the other, like, OK, I'd happily play through again and hang out with Lucy more. That sounds fun. Uh, I'm not going to have anything to do with Richard. No way, no how. So, yeah, I, I, I totally understand that reaction. The first time I met him as well, it was kind of like, oh, geez, I don't see what cello sees in him at all, because the way that they describe him emphasizing his name, rolling it around, was like, it felt like I was taking a, I was taking a bath in literal mud or something like that, but... Oh, he's so gross. Yeah. Oh. As time goes on, he gets a little more... He gets a little more fun in a few ways. Like, if you take him out to the stakeout, um, he's dressed in these really slobby clothes and stuff like that and he was like what you said to come in something that was comfortable and he's just sitting around there looking like a complete goober that is dressing in a way he's dressing in clothes that seem to be too young for his age in a slightly charming way but yeah overall i'm glad i sent him to jail at the end uh, I do appreciate to get this uh, quote-unquote good end or the final end, you have to subject yourself to doing a bunch of things that, like a reasonable person would not want to do, like hang out with Richard, since the ending is you going too far to get the answers and forsaking all of your friends. Uh, I feel like thematically this is the most interesting like possible good end, quote-unquote, for this style of game, right? Where you just become police, and that means that you can't be friends with all these people anymore. Yeah, and the police themselves, even even going past the other stuff we've talked about them, your main contact within the force is an, an old family friend who, right off the bat, you Cello introduces him as a crooked cop, like he's looked the other way to get where he is, but he's this he has this very protective and semi friendly relationship with Cello where he's like he has an he feels like he has an obligation to look after you since the case for your father went cold. And there's this lot, lots of his, lots of your interactions with him are him being very paternalistic and cutesy. Like, oh, I see you, you're earning your detective thing, huh? And I hope that you submitted your paperwork for this because otherwise what you're doing is slightly illegal. But in this case, I'll look the other way and pretend like this stuff is in the mail. And it's this thing where you can see how they grew close, but you're also kind of uncomfortable with how light he makes all this seem. Like working with the police and stuff like that. <laughs> I think detect I think his name is Detective Harris or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. He's in like he's a good character in it because I feel like the game does a good job of showing that he's like yeah that that side where he's like okay he's protective of cello and he's he's sort of like like he he she um says like he's basically his uncle or her uncle um but they also show ways in which he's kind of like just normal cop shitty right like there's the part where we talked about with the the serial killer the doll collector um, the manhunt starts sort of in, in, in full effect, and so there are cops patrolling everywhere, mostly through minority neighborhoods, and uh, uh, Harris comes down, and one of the, like, the um, your landlady is like, hey, like, your cops are basically just, like, walking around, like, being a nuisance, like, smashing shit up, like, can you, like, dial it back? This is the worst. And he's like, sorry, that's just how police are. It's official business just deal with it it's like oh oh fuck you okay yeah and he acts very he acts very powerless about what's happening around him in a way that feels both performative and scared of uh 
actual accountability because his excuse for it is like, I'll, I'll try to tell them to tone things down a bit or sorry, this is out of my hands. I'm just, I'm just a person doing my job. Okay. <laughs> when you feel like he could at least put his neck out on the line a little bit more in order to make things more comfortable in this minority community. They're just stomping all over. Mm-hmm. Um, are there any other characters that folks want to like take a moment to, to spotlight? Uh, I want to point out that I don't know who ever thought that Ethan was an interesting character. He <laughs> is your EMT friend. Uh, he is a nice boy who is defined entirely by being the nice black boy character in this ga- in game. And uh, that's noteworthy only in that the only character bit he is given is that someone else is interested in him. And it's the like one black lady in this game, which uh, eyebrow raising. But also Ethan's so goddamn boring. Yeah, he's very much goody two shoes sorts of character who occasionally like near the end of case one he does put his neck out on the line a bit being like hey i'm just gonna change the records a bit and send her to a different hospital because if the cops come and you're near this drugged out woman that you brought in they're gonna they're gonna charge you for possession as well so there's this sense that he kind of knows the system well enough to work within it and help other people out but a lot of his content is very, it's very innocent in a very doe-eyed, smiling sort of way. Like, he takes you out for um, batting practice, and you sneak off work a few times to get coffee, and you mostly, both, like, most of you, both of you, I'm tripping over my words today, mostly talk about how hard your respective jobs are, and... I guess that's something, but it doesn't really lead to very interesting character development when you're surrounded by much more interesting people. I really liked Janet Lessig, who's this um, drag king who works at the cannery, um, goes by the name of Prince Charming on stage, dances to Prince songs. She's really cool. Like, she has this unfortunate family history from a more midwestern state that she Mm -hmm. moves to miami to escape and she's kind of thrust into she's thrust into a lot of violence in this game i don't know if you got the i don't know if you saw the ending photo for her at all but uh it's basically you and her getting married in this very playful way where both of you are. I mean, one one of you is in this nice dress. I mean, you're in this nice dress, and she's in this fancy white suit, um, bowing you down in a way. Yeah, some of the some of the art with with that is is pretty is pretty cute. Uh, the ending. Uh, I don't know. I thought I thought like a couple of those. I I checked out. Uh, I got Janet's and I got uh Tala's. You got Tala's as well, right, Em? Yeah, so Tala is interesting in that she is a high school student who remembers when, like, she was a freshman when you were a senior, and she remembers, like, seeing your band and being really into you and your friends, uh, who include Lucy and uh, the woman who went, like, to become an actress in Hollywood, and uh, one of the ones who's in one of the cases. And it's strange because in any other game, I feel like I would not naturally gravitate towards you are hanging out with the teenager, but there's something about Cello's character that feels it feels appropriate to me that she just wants to hang out with someone who can remind her of the way her life was before she started doing this. Uh, and she's only, like, in her early 20s. Like, I was telling uh, Jen, I feel weirder about Janet being into Cello than I do Cello being into Tala. Because I feel like that's where Cello is, like, maturity-wise. Even though she's, like, on her own solving these crimes, she is presented as, like, your plucky young teen protagonist. Hmm. Yeah, and I was looking at the ages, and um, Cello's 23, Tala's 18, so that's like five years difference. Yes. And meanwhile, Janet is 30, so yeah. 
in in some ways, Tala might be more age appropriate for you than Janet is. But also, uh, like it, towards the end of that, there is a date. That, like Lucy's like, let's come over, have dinner, bring a date, and you you can bring Tala. And there's this great bit where like Lucy is like, uh, isn't she a little young? And Cello's like, look, it's complicated, but just hang out with her and we'll see what happens. And they put on their old band's record and Lucy and Cello both have this like bonding moment over remembering how happy they used to be before all this shit happened. Um, and I, it's great. Like, I feel like it's the good warm hearted emotional content. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And Tala's interesting too, because she's a, she initially came from Iran and, uh, her father's still over there and he's trapped there as a political prisoner. So one of the things that she's very into, she, she talks about how the teachers used to scold her for talking like Audrey Hepburn, but, uh, her mother, her mother or grandmother responded, if she wants to talk like one of the most recognizable movie stars, what's the problem with that? And she's, She's trying to get this career in acting, partially because she that's the culture that she grew up with when she moved over to America. She loves the movies and all that. But there's also the sense that if she becomes a big enough star, maybe some of her family back in Iran can see her. Yeah. Also, she's got great hair. She has fantastic hair. Yeah, there's a lot of really good hair in this game. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah, I'm not typically a fan of the 80s aesthetic, uh, but I feel like this game wears it really well. So as the person who played the most of this game, Jen, you might not you might not have the answer to this, but I am I am curious. So, um one of the things that happen can happen um is you can go um and I like, think it's a, the fourth case you can go asking after um like some information from Ethan and he redirects you to the the um the emt lady who's who's into him right mm -hmm. um and and then she'll be like hey just checking are you are you into my boy and you can and you can be like yeah or no um and i wasn't because he's boring um so i was like no i'm i'm really not and then she's like okay well listen here's my card if uh if you want to hang out sometime is that just a, a moment, or can you actually... Because I didn't seem to have any option to actually call her then. Huh. No, I, I haven't seen that at all, because the way that I've... The way that I approached all that stuff was always telling her, yeah, I'm kind of... I I like him, and I think that the way his work ethic is really respectable, and I think that both of us are have our nose to the grindstones and stuff like that, and she's like... Yeah, you and Ethan seem to be really good matches for each other, and I hope things work out. You know, she uh, so she super hits on you if you say no. Yeah. So the thing, the thing that happens is she hits on you, but I, if you have, I, I, I was clearly on the taller route, and so she says, "Well, I'm kind of in a thing right now," and basically shoots her down. Um, I know that there's an ending for if you have like not pursued any of the romantic lines, and I wonder if that might pick up there, or if it'll be something else. I did, obviously didn't see any of that. Yeah, good point. Yeah, and I've seen six of the seven endings. I'm assuming that the seventh ending is either that or something I thought about doing uh, this morning, but I didn't really have the motivation to because the way that this game m makes you replay things is very... It's very... It wears you down a lot because there's no way to skip dialogue you've already seen or fast forward. You have to... In some of these cases, I was holding the mouse with my right hand and just smacking the left mouse button with my index and middle finger to just zoom past things that I've already seen. And I'm assuming if you purposefully fail all the cases, you get something like you're either kicked out of your place or something bad happens, but I didn't see that, so that's total speculation. Yeah, I don't know. I definitely feel like this game needs those quality of life things to suggest replaying. Cause I, and it's strange because like Pillow Fight's made other games that have the, these systems in it. So I don't know if it's because of the weird case structure or, uh, someone else was working on it or whatever, but not having those makes it very discouraging to ever go back and see the roots. Knowing what the true end is, I'm probably not going to bother pursuing that, but I would have liked to have seen like the Janet ending, uh, 
the Lucy ending, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Uh, is it like, I mean, this game is made in uh, Unity. Haven't there other games been Renpy? Is that why? Hmm, I didn't even think about that. I, I think it's. I think it's. I mean, I. I um. I was on the forums when Renpy what became a thing. Like I was, I remember being in the forum thread where where a person was like, "Hey, I like I like visual novels, and I threw together this thing. Some people want to poke at it, um, and like it is it is baseline in Renpy as as a as a coding language as an engine that you can just skip previously read text. So maybe they were just relying on that built in feature and didn't build it in with uh, with Unity. That's fair. Yeah. I sh- I should also stress that even though Pillow Fight is the same company that's behind uh, We Know the Devil and some of these other games that have been talked about, um, it does seem like they have a rotating cast of creators from programmers to artists and all that sort of stuff. So it's while they're all quote unquote developed by Pillow Fight, the definition of Pillow Fight changes pretty often. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, for example, um, the person who did uh, both the background art and some of the story stuff, uh, Yasmin Omar Arta, um, I follow a lot of their work. They are this um, queer Iranian artist that does lots of neat comics about things like um, schizophrenia and things like that. And it was neat to see their art pop up here as well. Let's see, anything else we want to touch on? Any specific, uh, I guess we went through all the characters. Yeah. I guess we didn't really talk about the doll collector stuff at all. Do you have any feelings on that or? Um, I mean, I guess like, I don't know. I felt like Janet's motivations through that case felt a little flimsy to me. Like that seemed the closest that the game came to like, just sort of reaching to give you something to care about because Janet, um, Janet gets involved in that case because the it's a it's a kidnap it's a kidnapper uh serial killer who is kidnapping and they figure out like oh it's only like brown haired women um and your your friend dies that way a uh, mel who's also a, fr- a co-worker of Janet's and so Janet's like okay I'm going to put on a brown wig and get kidnapped in order to help crack this case I guess I I'm assuming Janet's plan was to not actually get kidnapped, but, like, it doesn't seem, like, it. it's just, I, I found it a bit of a, a bit hard to believe that, one, someone would make the plunge of being like, okay, well, I guess the way I should do this is I should let myself get kidnapped, and then, like, also, didn't seem to come equipped for the situation. Like, if that's your plan, like, have a taser or something? I don't know. Yeah, the... When you're listening to one of the eyewitnesses, or as she puts it, a friend of her, a friend of hers, um, you get the impression that she was wearing a not very convincing wig and she just went over to the truck and was prepared to fight or interact in some way, but they describe the person in the truck as being proactive and more or less grabbing her in a different way than the other people went because everyone else willingly entered the car. And in this case, she was yanked inside and held as she was driven away. The thing about that, I think the reason it's so jarring is that Janet, while it's shown that like, yes, this community has been preyed upon and they're ready to do something. Janet has never been seen as someone who would take that tactic to go like solve the case. Like she's very gung ho about her persona as Prince Charming and, uh, all of this justification of, oh, Janet's secretly, like, desperate and willing to do this stuff for everyone is given to you by Big Vanessa after the fact and feels kind of like justification more than, like, oh, I obviously this is the tragedy that was going to occur. Uh, like, Janet seems like the person who would know how to hold her own against this nerd that's, like, kidnapping women and killing them. Because when you meet him, he's just, like, a guy. And Janet's out here, like, on these streets being, like, a representative for the community getting shit done. I feel like she would know better than this, and it just feels very flimsy to me. Yeah, and like, uh, the when you take him down at the end of the case, it's like he walks into the room, and you're already there, and you just turn around and swing a bat into him, and he's down. It's like yeah. it's not like a big fight scene or anything. You just sort of hit him, and he drops. And um, then he doesn't even try to run; he just like gives up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you destroyed all this stuff when you turned the light on, essentially. 
So he he gives into, he goes into this whole speech of, oh, I forgive you for doing this, even though you've ruined my life's work. Though, which is I don't understand why, if he's like taking creeper photographs of these women he's kidnapped, that he didn't actually develop them. That they're all just like raw negative at this point. Yeah, doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. No, no, it doesn't. It's not. Yeah, have you have you ever done like hand like photography development stuff? No, it's not. It's Never. not that hard. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, he's he he was he was working as a photographer, so he knows how to do this stuff. I don't know why he wouldn't just make the photos. The whole reason he's making the photos is to look at them, right? Yeah, just proof your shit. It's not that big a deal. <laughs> no, <laughs> the way that the way that case ended felt pretty satisfying, but uh, definitely see how there's certain elements like that exposure thing that might have been handled a bit differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this is a game about the, like, character hangout tone more than it is, like, the actual cases themselves. So when it gets to serial killer and, like, international kidnapping, it the plot stuff feels very forced and not particularly, like, uh, rigorous in terms of, like, withstanding criticism or looking at it seriously. It's more about who you're going to spend time with in the downtime. Mm-hmm. The persona of visual novels. <laughs> Yeah, that that might be the ultimate conflict between this game because it's clear that they wanted to do some gritty detective stuff where you're searching through this community to find people who have more or less lost their way either being kidnapped and taken advantage of or getting into drugs and uh, and no and you having this conflict of interest because you are friends with people who also deal the drugs and all that and uh at the same time it's a game where the start screen is silhouettes of people that fill in as you complete their routes and the way that the game is structured is more or less encouraging you to make choices that don't necessarily result in the best stuff for the people that you're investigating or the people that you're trying to find and are more about getting the ending with the person you want to date. And I don't know whether it would have been better if they focused more heavily on the dating or pushed it back a bit more, but it's definitely this weird mix that doesn't always jive well. Mm -hmm. So do we have any closing thoughts on this before we get to questions? Uh, I think I'm ready for some questions. Do we have questions? Because we did not get any in the email. Oh, yeah, I didn't really get any from uh, Twitter either. So, um, yeah, I guess if you want to send us any questions about this episode or other episodes or the game that we're doing next, you can send them to podcast at abnormalmapping.com or um, at any of us on Twitter, assuming we've completed the game by the time you ask the questions. I I guess this game really is... A, I guess this game really did fly under everyone's radar, huh? Because there's no yeah, no, it's really it's really strange to me because I think of Pillow Fight as like oh, like a rising star developer of some note, but I guess that's really just We Know the Devil and that new one that I don't remember the name of, right? Yeah, Heaven Will Be Mine. Yeah, and this game I feel like just vanished into the ether, and it's very mm-hmm. strange to me. Yeah, like there's a few let's plays that have a few thousand views, but like um, Six mentioned earlier that. There's no video of the true ending anywhere, and uh, yeah, I I wonder how. It's fascinating how some games like this just fall through the cracks and go completely unnoticed. And it's not like that game wasn't out there either, because over the past three years, I've been to a few conventions, and I definitely saw it appearing at some of them, like. I think last year for MAGFest, they had this little booth set up where you could go inside this tent with a very 80s-looking TV, and right next to it was a copy of Ghosts of Miami. You could play through a bit. Yeah, and it's a lot better than some of the games we've played that have much bigger cultural caches. (laughs) Yeah, and also, like, I mean, they put out a demo a while back and like I came out of that really positive like I mean it makes a like even though I have some some beast with it in the end I think all of the the criticisms I have of the game kind of didn't show until a ways into it the initial impression it makes is really strong the art style really pops the music's fun 
the writing's enjoyable. The characters mostly seem pretty cool, you know? So. Mm-hmm. Surprising that it didn't it didn't get more attention. But here we are. Yeah, but was there anything big that was releasing around August 2017 that might have just steamrolled it? I... Because I'm blanking on anything. Let's look. Uh, Tacoma. Another game nobody's played. Uh... <laughs> Lawbreakers and Agents of Mayhem. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was a uh, that was quite the month for games that <laughs> no one played. Huh? Sonic Mania, Uncharted Lost Legacy, Absolver, Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battle, Yakuza Kiwami. Oh, you know what? Oh, they were all playing Madden 18. Of course. <laughs> I mean, everyone's playing Yakuza. That's that's actually true. That's actually true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> Um, yeah, and I guess most of the critical um, focus at that time for indies was on Tacoma. I feel like Tacoma's a weirdly underplayed game also. Like, we recently did it for Abnormal Mapping, but uh, that's a game that, like, I feel like people played, but nobody talks about, even though it's fantastic. It's very strange to me. Yeah, I yeah. I haven't played it because at the time my computer couldn't run it, and it was, on, on console, it was Xbox only. It was... You know, I, I like for for and I don't use this term derisively. I mean, listen, I'm on a visual novel podcast. Of course, I don't use this term derisively uh, for a walking simulator. The system requirements were surprisingly high. That's like oh. uh, I feel like that'll make sense if you play it. But oh, it, I'm sure PS4, right? Sh- uh, it's on PS4 now. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I I hope to play it soon. Like, I, it, it's not like I felt like it was unreasonable, like it was bad programming. Mm-hmm. It was just sort of like, oh, I didn't yeah, no. expect this genre of game to demand a lot from my computer. Well, OK. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Uh, it's a good game. Uh, I recommend it. Not a visual yeah. novel, but you know, it's good. You can listen to the real mapping episode about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's a good episode too. Um, yeah, that it's just it's just interesting what games kind of slip through the cracks. I mean, I feel like that's just there's a thousand games that nobody plays in the world. Uh, it's just strange given the like what this game is and what it's about and what it looks like. That it didn't find an audience. There's a thousand unplayed games in this city. My job. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, um, next month we're going on a slightly similar thematic approach with a uh, different game from that has a bit more cultural ca- cultural cachet, I'd say. Yeah, uh, next month we are playing Hotel Dusk, A Room 215, which is a DS game that came out in 2007, uh, developed by uh, Sing, Rip Sing. Rip Sing, man, those guys were talented. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, <sighs> Yeah, some of their stuff was kind of weird, like, again was... Again is not a good game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they made some really interesting things. Yes, um... So, uh, if you don't have a DS, uh, I don't know, it's probably on YouTube or something. You could probably play it with your mouse in an emulator if that's the way you want to go. Because it doesn't, it has touch-driven stuff, but nothing, I don't remember being timed, so you could just do it that way. Yeah, just remember to be very mindful about where you're saving, because you can totally get yourself in a situation where you save at the wrong moment and completely fuck up your progress also remember the way the ds works is if you press if you hit a double touch if you like use two fingers on different sides of the screen the ds reads it as you tapping in the middle that'll help you with a puzzle (laughs) (laughs) good to know there's a really i remember there being a really obnoxious move two levers puzzle where the actual answer is to make sure you hit it in the middle if it's giving you trouble because it doesn't read (laughs) multi-touch Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's what we'll be playing. I'm looking forward to it. I haven't played this game since it was new. <laughs> yeah, I haven't played this game in a while. I played uh, the sequel, um, I don't know, like three or four years ago, and then my friend borrowed the copy and lost it. Um, that's a shame. It was an import. It was hard to get. <laughs> yeah, no, I, uh, Jackson sent me a copy of the sequel, because it sure didn't come out over here. <laughs> yeah, for some reason. Mm. Uh, they were, uh, Sing was going bankrupt when it came out, that's oh. why. <laughs> well, okay, I guess that's fair. Yeah. You know. Alright. Well. Yeah, I guess that's gonna do it. Does anyone wanna 
give some plugs out or anything like that? Sure, I'll go first. You can find me on Twitter at EM underscore being. This podcast is on the Abnormal Mapping Network. Go to abnormalmapping.com. We're on Patreon, patreon.com slash normalmapping. And you can find uh, us in a Discord. Uh, Jen's there pretty regularly. You want to talk about video games. Um, That's what I've got. We've got got an anime podcast uh, called The Great Gundam Project. You can find it at our Patreon. Uh, Indeed. And uh, I'm I'm 6.mar. You can find me on Twitter. I'm 6.mar, S-A-X-D-E-T-T-M-A-R. Um, and if you want to find the shows that I do, um, what I'm all doing all this Scanline Media, that Scanline Media racket. So you go to scanlinemedia.com or patreon.com slash scanlinemedia and learn all about it. Yeah, and I'm part of the same uh, Patreon, and uh, you can find me at jbu3 on Twitter, and... Uh, we're still working on going through the Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy twelve, and doing letters on it. And uh, we also re- recently did a stream of uh, most of Mega Man X one, which went pretty well. And uh, that should be up for people to see soon. Uh, yep, Jackson will be on talking about Code Geass on your anime podcast. I'm yeah. excited to listen to that. Yeah, have you listened? Yeah, to the first episode yet. Yes. Okay, so that's just the warm-up, because, boy, we're going to go off. Yeah, and I'm absolutely not watching Code Geass, so... Oh, you... you. This is probably the right choice, but also, that's an experience. No, I think... I feel like I've heard enough about it. I know how it ends. I don't need to watch it. Uh, Okay, that's fair, I guess. Anyway, we'll uh, see you next time. Peace.